Does an apple a day really keep the doctor away? Depends on how accurately you throw it. (laughs) (laughs) So, So, so seriously though, don't throw apples at your doctor. Don't tell any doctors that the dietitian told you to throw apples at them. Please don't. You know how when you were a kid, maybe you heard your parents say, don't swallow that piece of gum, it takes seven years for it to digest. That is a food myth, or is it? I had many food myth-related questions, and I decided to go straight to an expert. Rebecca Rempel is a chronic disease dietitian with Southern Health. I gave her all my questions in advance so that she could prepare to answer some of my crazy questions. Things like... Do eating carrots make your eyes stronger? And she answers the whole question about gum and digestion and does it take seven years. And she answers the question, are carbs bad for you? I had so many questions and she answered every single one. Let's just jump right in here. We, uh, you know, as a child, I heard this all the time and still do hear it. Carrots, can they help me see in the dark and do, do they really make my eyes stronger? That's a good question. So carrots contain something called beta carotene, which your body uses to make vitamin A. And vitamin A is used to make something called rods and cones in your eyes to process light in the daytime and in dim lights. Eating carrots are not actually going to make you be able to see any better than what you're genetically programmed to be able to see. So if your family, a lot of members in your family have glasses, chances are you might need to use glasses or contacts as well too. However, a deficiency of vitamin A can lead to something called night blindness, but that's pretty rare in North America. So it is a good idea to have a variety of sources of vitamin A, (laughs) not just carrots, but also sweet potato or kale, broccoli, pumpkin or squash. So it's not going to make you see any better, but it's not going to hurt. Okay, so if I heard you correctly, if I want to see better at night, I should be eating more carrots. (laughs) Is that (laughs) that what I heard you say? So if you have an issue with night blindness already because of a lack of vitamin A, then yes, having carrots and a variety of uh, vitamin A-rich foods can help. Okay, But if you do not have a deficiency, then eating an excess of carrots is not going to make you see any better and can actually turn your body orange. That was was my next question because I had somebody in my life that like went through a whole carrot eating stage and lit, not literally orange, but she did start to get that hue. That is, that is true. People can turn orange from eating too many carrots. You absolutely can <gasps> turn orange from eating too many carrots and too much beta carotene. Not quite like an oompa loompa orange, but <laughs> definitely an, an orange hue, kind of like you had a bad spray tan. Really? Is there yep. any other food that does that? Oh, not off the top of my head. There's foods you can eat that that can change the color of your urine, like having too many B vitamins can change your urine to like a really bright yellow. Okay. Having beets can make your urine change kind of red. Okay. Uh, What else can change the color of your skin? I can't think of anything on the top of my head. Okay. Well, see, we already there. We've already dispelled two myths. Well, one is true. That is not true. Okay. Does an apple a day really keep the doctor away? Depends on how accurately you throw it. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, <laughs> so seriously, no. though, don't throw apples at your doctor. Don't tell any doctors that the dietitian told you to throw apples at them. Please don't. So, okay. So I think that this myth might be speaking to eating an overall healthy diet to help prevent disease. And yes, having fruits and vegetables can help reduce the risk of disease. Um, one, just one really interesting factoid is that the Heart and Stroke Foundation says that studies have shown that an overall reduction of heart attack or stroke uh, risk by as much as 11% for each serving of vegetables and fruit added per day for the average person, oh. as long as this habit is maintained for at least two years. Okay. Yeah. So we recommend having half your plate filled with veggies and some fruit too. One thing that's really important to know though is like it's important to remember that anyone still can develop a disease such as diabetes uh, because, of, because of its genetic component. So even if we are putting a lot of effort into working on our health and eating fruits and vegetables, that's still valuable, but it's not a guarantee. Okay. In our society, there can be a lot of stigma around getting diabetes and people thinking it's someone's fault for the way they ate, but there's a strong genetic component to developing certain diseases and mm. you can't control your own genetics similar to how you can't control whether you need glasses or, or LASIK surgery. Right. You can't control how well your pancreas is going to work. Right. Okay. So eat more fruits and vegetables. Do not throw apples at your doctor. Yeah. And don't expect it's a miracle cure, but yes, it helps. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Yeah. When, okay. So when I was a kid and I would chew double bubble and then I would swallow it, like mm -hmm. my mom or other people would be like, you know that it takes seven years for your gum to digest. Is that true? <laughs> so our body isn't going to keep the gum in our stomach for seven years for us to find out if this is true or not. <laughs> um, our body is going to excrete the gum in our stools, meaning our poop. Um, having said this, it's still not recommended to swallow gum, especially for kids. So maybe our parents were just trying to scare us into not swallowing gum. Uh -huh. On rare occasions, large amounts of swallowed gum combined with constipation can lead to an intestinal blockage. Ooh. So spit the gum out instead of swallowing it. Um, but we don't know. I don't know if it's going to uh, digest in seven years or not. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Just don't swallow the gum, kids or adults. Yep. How about drinking fruit juice is just as healthy as eating fruit? Good question. So I have, I'm going to respond with another question. What does fruit have that juice doesn't? That's fiber. So oh. fiber is really beneficial with helping to, us to have regular bowel movements. Fiber helps promote a healthy digestive system by providing food uh, to beneficial gut bacteria. Fiber is helpful for slowing digestion of food, allowing us to be fuller, longer, and absorbing all the nutrients we need. Fiber helps to control blood sugar levels. Soluble fiber helps to lower blood cholesterol and can help manage diarrhea and loose stools and even reduce the risk of getting intestinal ulcers. So it's a whole lot of benefits for having fiber from whole foods rather than from juice. So one idea is to save juice for a once in a while treat such as birthdays or celebrations or when on vacation and to have whole fruit more often than juice. Okay, that makes sense. That makes yeah. complete sense. Okay. So what about the whole myth of you should avoid swimming one hour after eating? Again, is this like the gum thing? Your parents are just... 
parents might be trying to scare us because they're, you know, they love us and they're worried about us. Um, there's no actual scientific basis for this one, but I would say it really depends on individual tolerance. So, for example, athletes need to fuel their bodies prior to any workout, including if they're working out in a pool. Um, and some athletes are easily able to tolerate digesting food right before getting into a pool. The average person might find that eating a couple hours before they swim can give them more energy for staying afloat. So we don't want to starve ourselves right. before going for a swim. But if you are someone who easily gets cramps um, and you you know you don't want the lifeguard pulling you out of the pool, <laughs> it, I would go based on personal tolerance. Okay, because I remember like literally looking at a clock. And waiting until 60 minutes had passed. Huh. Okay. Should have known. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what about um, the myth of fruit should be eaten on an empty stomach? So this is an interesting question. Um, and there's, overall, it's false. So eating fruit or any source of fiber, for that matter, can make our stomach empty more slowly. Uh, and if this is the myth that I think that you're talking about, some people think that eating fruit on an empty stomach causes the fruit to sit in the stomach for too long and rot. And that's not true. Um, digesting food slowly allows our body the time it needs to absorb nutrients and it maintains a feeling of satiety or fullness. And that's a okay. great benefit from fiber, including fiber from fruit. If someone is experiencing gas or discomfort when eating fruit, you can talk to your doctor some people have something called IBS or irritable bowel syndrome, which can make digesting certain fruits in larger amounts a little bit harder to do. And you can talk to a dietitian to learn more if this applies to you. Okay, that's interesting. So what about the whole myth of eat chicken soup if you have a cold, because that's going to get you better faster? Yeah, so it definitely is important to replace fluids to help your body battle a virus. And fluids include not just water or juice or electrolyte beverages, but broth-based soup as well. So when feeling sick, our appetite for food can sometimes decline, and having soup is a good way to get fluids and energy to fight the sickness. Warm liquids such as chicken soup or hot tea, maybe with lemon and honey, feel really nice on a sore throat. Mm. And the warm vapor rising from the bowl or the cup can be nice and soothing. Okay. See, that one makes sense. That one makes sense. What about, um, I say this to my kids sometimes as they head out the door for work or to school, you skipped breakfast, you should be eating it because breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Yeah. Is, is that correct? So interestingly enough, 40% of Canadians skip breakfast. And skipping breakfast is associated with a decrease in key nutrients such as calcium, fiber, and potassium. Skipping breakfast can result in feeling hangry. That's the technical definition. Um, <laughs> if you've heard of hangry before, that's, that's just a conjunction of hungry and angry. So feeling hangry later in the day. And when we're hangry, we tend to not make the best choices when it comes to food. Uh-huh. So it's important to space out our meals throughout the day and fuel our body as our body needs fuel throughout the day. So starting with breakfast within an hour or two of waking up is great. Having meals spaced throughout the day gives our body better nutrient absorption, consistent fueling for our body, um, and gives your body the fuel when it needs it. Okay. What about the myth of feeding a cold and starving a fever? 
So this saying has been around most likely since the Middle Ages when people believed that low temperatures caused someone to catch a cold. So you needed to be fed to warm up your body. They believed that illnesses caused by high temperatures such as a fever needed to be cooled down. So they would prevent you from eating. However, now we know that viruses and bacteria are what cause illnesses. A saying that I really like is if the gut works, use it. Meaning, if the person isn't vomiting and they're dealing with a fever, they need a lot of energy for their immune system to mm. fight off the illness. So okay. if you're able to tolerate food, keep feeding and nourish your body, wash your hands, rest well, and drink plenty of fluids. Okay, okay, that one, that one makes sense. Okay, this next one, I have somebody in my life who tells me this often. Microwaving mm. food destroys its nutrients. Not any more so than regular cooking. Um, there are some more delicate vitamins, like water-soluble vitamins, that can be destroyed in any method of high-temperature cooking. Microwavable foods are associated with having less nutrients to begin with, such as more highly processed foods, mm -hmm. but there are plenty of whole foods that can be microwaved without losing an excess amount of nutrients. Uh, a study in Harvard looked at the risk of cancer with microwave food, and they found that there's no increased risk of getting cancer from having microwave food. Interestingly enough, there is a slight increased risk of developing cancer with having barbecued food. <gasps> and I know, and we feel that barbecuing is so safe because it's natural, right? Uh -huh. um, but barbecuing meat can, the extra smoke, the flame can cause some compounds um, that can increase risk of cancer by a small amount. It's not as significant as, as smoking cigarettes by any means. Uh, the recommendation is to, let's say, uh, start off food in the oven or even boiling meat and just finish it on the grill on the barbecue rather than cooking it the entire time on the grill and watching out for flare-ups on the on the barbecue and even using a marinade to help protect the meat to reduce risk of cancer. Okay, so this is a side now that you brought up the whole barbecue thing. I want to avoid burning it, right? Like I know... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you don't I want know, that char. I know we don't want to burn our food, Carly, but do you know what I mean? Like the charring, we don't want that because that's that's where the bad stuff would come in is what you're saying, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Okay. Making a note to not burn my food. Okay. Polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons is what's formed. Not that you need to include that. But. Okay. Well, uh, there, I, hey, you know what? We are nothing if not educational here on Country 107. <laughs> there you we go. will keep that, definitely. Um, cooked vegetables have less nutrients than raw ones. True or false? Yeah. So um, like we talked about before with microwaving, there are some nutrients that are, are damaged when cooking, especially in higher heat. But interestingly enough, there are other nutrients such as lycopene and tomatoes, for one example, that become more bioavailable when cooked, meaning your body has an easier time absorbing it. So the important thing is to eat enough vegetables and we're more likely to eat more vegetables if we enjoy them. Mm -hmm. Only about three out of 10 Canadians report actually eating the recommended amount of fruits and vegetables on a <gasps> daily basis. Oh, dear. I know. So to tell the other seven out of 10 Canadians that they should be eating vegetables only a certain way doesn't serve to help them get enough. And getting enough vegetables is the most important. So even right? if we're losing a few nutrients while cooking, but we're eating more vegetables because we're enjoying it, we can make up the difference for a few nutrients that are damaged 
we can eat some vegetables cooked, some raw, and then we can absorb more nutrients because some nutrients become more bioavailable when cooked. There you go. Just eat more. Doesn't matter if they're cooked or raw. I like yeah. that. That's yeah. good. That's fill good. Ha- fill half your plate with vegetables and some fruit as well on the side. Awesome. Making a note there. Okay. So in this crazy world of diet culture that we seem to live in, there is a prevailing statement that seems to come out often, and it's that carbohydrates are bad for you. Crazy world indeed. Yes, this myth keeps popping up. We've seen it in the Atkins diet. It's popped up in many fad diets that are here today and gone tomorrow, or at least eventually sooner rather than later, I would prefer. Um, but So while it's true that in, North Amer- in our North American culture, we have overdone it with refined processed carbohydrates, mm-hmm. but that does not mean that carbs are bad for us. We talked today about how important fiber is for in- healthy intestines, and fiber is found in carbohydrate foods. Having a wide variety of carbohydrates and fiber is better for the microflora diversity in our gut, meaning the different types of microbes that live in our intestines. Mm-hmm. Um, having a wide variety of fruit, which is a carbohydrate, has not only fiber but also vitamins and phytonutrients and can help decrease inflammation in our bodies. Carbohydrates are our body's preferred source of fuel. Our brain only wants to burn carbohydrate. It can burn other fuels if necessary, but our brain prefers burning carbohydrate. Our muscles love to burn carbohydrate for fuel. So while we don't want to have all of our bread in one basket, so to speak, meaning we don't want to eat all of only one type of carbohydrate, it's beneficial to get a variety of carbohydrate foods. In addition to variety, balance is also important. We recommend half a plate of vegetables with fruit as well, a quarter plate of starchy foods that are whole grain that have fiber, and a quarter plate of protein-rich foods. Okay, so if I love my brain and I love my muscles, I can eat some carbohydrates. Can and should, yes. Okay. We want to take care of our bodies. Permission has been given to eat carbs. Yes. Absolutely. I'm very excited about that fact. I am a lover of carbohydrates and... So is your body. See? My body knows. Okay, that is very good. You have dispelled quite a few myths for us, Rebecca, and given us some great information. Thank you so much for helping with this. Food myths have been debunked or uh, affirmed. All thanks to Rebecca. Thank you so much for your time, Rebecca. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me on.